الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر ان الانسان لفي خسر الا الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this will be the last tarbiya program for this year and the program will then inshallah recommence when the madrasa reopens so since there will be a break that we will now be going for we will not be in madrasa we will be at home we will be with our families this year of this entire year of teaching learning has now come towards its end so therefore some aspects that we should take note of in this regard then there are some students who perhaps have come to the end of their course so some things that they should take note of in particular so may allah ta'ala make it a means of benefit for me benefit for all of us give us a tawfiq of making amal on what we speak of what we hear alhamdulillah we had engaged the entire year in an environment of deen that is this is the primary objective of being in the madrasa that we could be in an environment of deen and learn deen on a very secondary level there would have been certain necessities of life that were taught to us but that is no way linked to the objective of our existence on earth that is not our purpose in life those are things merely linked to some necessities of life person needs to be able to read a bit to write a bit to be able to count basically this is the necessities of life so and maybe a little bit more according to the need of the time some other aspects but that is on a very secondary level and purely on the level of it being a necessity of life and to understand it from a simple example that a person builds a house the object is to be able to live in the house to be able to rest to be able to eat entertain one's guests and all these day to day needs and necessities of living in a place but in that if a person does not build a toilet then that house is incomplete but nobody ever gives that any primary importance that when somebody comes to see the house the new house that somebody has built or somebody has bought then they don't go around making a point of showing the person that this is where the toilet is that is just a necessity is by the way but it's a necessity 
but it's not given any due importance beyond what its, necess- what its importance is. But the primary object, that is what the focus is towards. So likewise, our coming to this institution, to this environment, was primarily and mainly for deen. It wasn't for any other reason. It was for deen. And on a secondary level, anything else that was necessary was done. So now the thing to do is to reflect that how much of this deen has come into my life. One is knowing the theory, but how much of it has come into my life. And when we are out of madrasa, this is when the real examination starts. One is the exams that we just wrote. Alhamdulillah, many worked hard. They got good results. MashaAllah, Allah Ta'ala accept the efforts that we made. Allah Ta'ala grant uh, the rewards of that. But the real exam, for the purpose, to see how much of the purpose of coming to the madrasa has come into our life, is when we are now out of this institution and we are not under the uh, constant watch of our teachers and others. Now, to a certain extent, we may regard ourselves as free, but this is where the real examination starts. And this examination, we can ourselves mark the paper, so to say, are we passing or failing the examination. Now, when we came to the madrasa, we learnt many things. We learnt about our obligations to Allah wa ta'ala. This is not something that is restricted to those who are now leaving, they have completed the cause and they are moving on. Indeed, it applies to everybody. Those who have come to the end of their cause will take even greater note of it because they have had a longer time in the madrasa, they have studied more. But every person, everyone who has been in the madrasa for any period of time, we have learned a lot of things, we have been guided in many aspects, now is the time of the examination. That to what extent have we brought these things in our life? So we learned about our obligations of deen. For instance, the most fundamental aspect is salah. The most important thing in our lives, salah. Now the test will come that it is so-called holiday time. And in this time, are we the ones that need to be reminded that it is time for Salah, or nobody reminds us also, and we also don't bother about it, Nauzubillah, or are we supposed to be the reminders to others, that now it is time for Salah, everything must stop, and now I will perform my Salah first, nothing else will come in the way, and I will not delay it now, that the time has come in, and carry on with other things, and when the last part of the time comes, then rush, and sometimes miss it, no, I will perform it now and in a nice way I will remind everybody else also that it is now Salah time so everybody should now be performing the Salah. So this is now what we have learnt in the Madrasa. Will we apply this? Or will others have to wonder that this person went to Madrasa what did she learn and come? Even the Namaz we have to remind her about she is so lax and so lazy regarding even a Salah then what else can we even think about? 
what other things can we even then consider whether she learned anything else? If she didn't learn that salah should be performed on time, as soon as the time comes in to start moving towards salah, and then it should be performed correctly, performed with ease, performed in a proper way, fulfilling all the postures properly. So, with that care that is required. So, if that is not observed in us, what kind of example do we set for others? This is the, we are going to leave the madrasa, whether we are leaving now because we've come to the end of our cause, or we are leaving merely for the holiday and we're going to be returning, we are leaving as ambassadors of the madrasa. And what is the madrasa? The madrasa is not belonging to anybody that we're going to become ambassadors of some thing personal. The madrasa is an institution of deen. It is not the institution by the name of madrasatul salihat that we are becoming an ambassador of. But we are becoming an ambassador of an institution of deen. Which in reality means we are becoming ambassadors of deen. So whether we were studying here, we were studying in some other institution, it's all the same in terms of deen. So we are ambassadors of deen. Now what kind of example will we set for others? What kind of example will we set in terms of salah for example? Or what kind of example will set in the way we behave? How we conduct ourselves? Would they see that there is somebody who is ever willing to go forward and help? To offer their assistance? Is there something I can do? Or has the person need to be begged to do the smallest chore in the house? This is really the training. This is the time that we will show what we have been trained for. And not that we need to do it to show anybody else, but this is what we are supposed to be doing. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala, our intention will be for Allah Ta'ala alone, but this is what we are supposed to do. And if we do it with the right intention for Allah Ta'ala alone, and to serve as an example to bring others closer to deen. Because this is what we are ambassadors of. We are going as ambassadors, not of Madrasa Salihat, as a institution, as an institution in one part of Durban, one part of Asheville. No, this is as an institution of deen. So forget the name in itself. We are ambassadors of an institution of deen, so we are ambassadors of deen. And our intention is not to invite somebody to a particular institution. No, we are inviting them by our actions to deen. So let us bear this in mind all the time. And if somebody gets the wrong picture, somebody gets the negative example out of us, they might even become negative towards the knowledge of deen. Or sending their daughter, for example, some aunt might see us, some neighbor might see us, some other relative might see us. And she was deciding or thinking about encouraging her daughter to go also and study deen. But now whenever she observes the way we conduct ourselves, she says she'd rather remain in school. So she was trying to get her daughter out of school and bring her to a madrasa. But she decides if this is how a girl from madrasa behaves, then maybe there's no difference. It's perhaps all one and the same. So we have become an obstacle to others. If somebody comes to know, well, this girl also is chatting to all and sundry, she's chatting to boys, etc. Says, well, the girls in school are also doing it and the girls in madrasa are also doing it, so what difference it makes? Whether your daughter is in madrasa or your daughter is in school. Whereas we know that there's a world of difference. But we have given the negative picture and we have 
now become an obstacle to others getting closer to deen. So therefore we have to bear in mind that what are we doing, how are we going to conduct ourselves, where will we go? We are also seen in the environments, in the malls, and we know what kind of environment is there in the mall. We know what a terrible environment it is. For that, for every moment that a person is there, there is that, because of the kind of environment, one has to be sure, one has to be sure that definitely there's, there's evil raining down there. There cannot be any barakat raining in such a intensely, in a place where fitna is so intense. One is a person goes to some shop to buy something, that is uh, one thing, but the malls, the very environment of that mall, the malls have become places which is not just a place of business, it's a place of fitna. So sometimes we might just save maybe a few hundred rands by going to buy some bargains that might be available in some mall, but we'll spend that few hundred rands buying it from somewhere else, spend that few hundred rands extra buying it from some other shop which is not in a mall, we'll be saving actually our iman in the process. We'll be saving our akhlaq in the process. The bazaars in any case, the bazaars are the most detested places on the earth. But we can safely say that there would be levels of detestation also in this. The worst is perhaps the malls. So, any bazaar for that matter, a person has to be very careful, very conscious, and don't go without genuine necessity, not just for the sake of browsing around, just for the sake of just passing time. That is some place to be very, very far away from. If it is absolutely necessary, and then too, if we have to have an option, either we go buy it from some mall and save three, four hundred rands, or we buy it from somewhere else which is not in a mall, which is just off the road, some shop that it can be bought off and just moved out of there immediately, and will pay three, four hundred rands more there, then that three, four hundred rands uh, more that we will pay somewhere else is a very cheap bargain. It's a very cheap bargain to pay that few hundred rands more to save ourselves from all that intensity of the fitna that is in the malls. In any case, in this time of the year, that fitna is anywhere and everywhere, but it is many, many times more, maybe hundred times more inside a mall. So this is just something that's coming, by the way, it was not the intention to get into this subject, we are discussing something else, but nevertheless this is part of the aspects that we should be very, very careful about, and we should take note of. So we stay away from all these environments, these fairs and whatever else. These places are not conducive for our iman. This is not conducive for our akhlaq. It's not conducive for us to be closer to the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala. Rather, it's the opposite. So we stay away from there. If it costs us something extra to... And we be happy about it. If a person now receives their report, and when they receive the report, they find that they passed excellently. Inshallah, we'll get our report soon, maybe in a day or two days, a few days. Now, whoever will receive that report and they see distinctions, they see an excellent report, how happy it will make them. Now, they were working hard for it. While they were working hard for it, they were sacrificing for it. Those who were sacrificing, were they doing it grudgingly? Or were they sacrificing happily? It was a sacrifice. There was some pain that was even uh, taken in the process. The pain of staying awake at 
night to the late hours, the pain of maybe waking up early in the morning, call it a pain, call it a sacrifice, it's physical pain, but mentally the person was happy. And that happiness could be seen. If somebody passed by, see this person is looking like in a musibat. No, no, no. This person seems to be an, really dedicated to what they're doing. They are, they, there's a purpose in this person's life. This person is doing something with an objective. Burning the midnight oil, there's an objective in it. We do it happily. Mentally happily. We are ready and happy to undertake that sacrifice. Any person who had the right objective of being in the madrasa would have done it accordingly. And people undertake what what sacrifices for the dunya only. So they do it happily. Here a person is taking, make, making these sacrifices, taking this pain on the heart. But for what? For the real benefit. For the everlasting benefit. For the benefit of the akhirat. And Allah Ta'ala blesses that barakat in this world as well. Allah Ta'ala blesses that heart with contentment, with peace in this world as well. But we have to do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And there is a pain, there is a sacrifice, but turn our heart and mind towards what is the reality and what Allah Ta'ala is going to give in return. And we will be then happy to do it. It won't be like something that we are doing grudgingly. That my parents now refuse to allow me to go to some fair or refuse to let me go to some mall or refuse to let me do this and that and the other. So now I have become the most deprived person on earth and I am now in the most oppressed person on earth, na'uzubillah, can a person be deprived if the person was stopped from haram? Can a person be deprived if the person was stopped from going to a place that is going to be harming one, harming one's iman, harming one's akhlaq, harming one's deen? Can that be called deprived, na'uzubillah? Can that be called oppressed, Allah ta'ala forbid? No, that is not deprived, that is not oppressed. That is in self a help, a great help. But unfortunately our eyes are close to the reality. There are those veils over our eyes. Though when we wear the niqab, unfortunately the eyes are left open, but those veils have come onto our eyes, which prevent us from seeing the reality. So, we have to realize that this is actually helping us. Our parents are telling us, you can't go to this place because it's wrong or that place is not conducive to your deen, they are helping us. Though we may not understand the reality now, but happily accept it, wholeheartedly accept it. And there is sabr involved in it. Indeed, there is sabr. But remember that sabr, what is going to bring in return? Inna Allah ma'as sabirin. We don't focus on that. We just regard it as an oppression. We regard it as a musibat. But this is the reality. That Allah Ta'ala is blessing us with His ma'iyat. We are getting Allah Ta'ala. Inna Allah ma'as sabirin. But we make that sabr for Allah Ta'ala alone. We don't do it for the sake of just that I got no other option in this. And well, I'm just going to have to suffer this. Na'uzubillah. There's no suffering involved here just for the sake of suffering. There is a sacrifice involved here for the sake of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And when Allah Ta'ala, when a person sacrifices for him, then Allah Ta'ala blesses that person with that true peace, that contentment, that happiness, that serenity in this world. And what is in store for that person in the akhirat is beyond our imagination. So therefore, what we do, how we conduct ourselves, where we go to, and how do we dress, another very fundamental thing, what kind of dressing we are going to adopt. Is our dressing going to be the dressing of haya? Or 
the way that everybody else is going down the route of total immodesty, are we also going to start rolling down that same road? Are we also going to start tumbling down that same cliff? That because everybody else is jumping off this cliff into the destruction, that we also have to follow suit now, Azubillah? No. We become the true examples, the role models of what is dressing with haya. What is the type of dressing that a Muslima should be adopting? The haya that is required, walibasu taqwa dalika khair. Allah Ta'ala says the libas and the clothing of taqwa. Now we can very easily understand, we have discussed these things previously. What is the clothing of taqwa? We don't need to get into those details. Use our mind, use our heart. And look at that garment. Does it, does it come close to the aspect of the clothing of taqwa? How much of the person's body is it revealing? The shape is it revealing? Is that something that's correct? Is that something that Allah's Nabi Wasallam would be happy about? Would we be able to stand next to the Azwaj Mutaharat on the day of Qiyamah and say that this is how I dressed? Or can we stand next to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha and she is informed that this is how this person dressed? Would we be comfortable with that? Would we be able to ask them to intercede on our behalf considering that how much of haya they had in their lives and what we did to that example? So, let us become the examples in this. In a nice way, in a very respectable way, we make it known to our family members, look, I will not be wearing this kind of garments. It's not correct. These things which are not conducive to haya, I will not be wearing it. Many a times, those who have adopted some kind of... Uh, they've moved forward, alhamdulillah, in one extent, that is a positive thing. They've moved forward. They have given up certain blatantly western garments they no more wear jeans they no more wear t-shirts they no more wear these tops so that's a positive thing alhamdulillah because that is all type of clothing which is very 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 far away from anything to do with haya but now somebody else who's wearing that we look down upon them that what is this person's condition look at how this person is dressed indeed it's wrong but also look at reflect at ourselves as well that I may have adopted a cloak now. Alhamdulillah, in one sense, it's a positive thing. But nowadays, the cloaks also are something to look again. Is that cloak also close to the clothing of haya? Is the cloak also a garment of haya? Or is it just another fashion garment, which is revealing more of the body than what previously women used to wear as dresses? The kind of dresses that were, that were worn 15-20 years ago, that had more haya than many of the cloaks of this time. So, instead of looking at others and the faults of others, this becomes our problem, unfortunately. That we keep looking at what others are doing. Well, that person is wearing this kind of clothes and that person is wearing that kind of garments and that person is doing this and that person is going there. Look at our faults. What are we doing? How much have we moved forward in terms of the... Alhamdulillah, whatever steps were taken already... Excellent. But are we now going back in reverse gear? Or are we moving forward? So let us now look at that. Let us reflect upon ourselves. Because we have to face Allah Ta'ala alone. On the day of Qiyamah, nobody else is going to come to say that I influenced her to wear this fashion garments. Nobody else is going to come to take the blame for us. We're going to lie in our qabr alone. We're going to have to face Allah Ta'ala alone. Our book of deeds is going to be given in our hands.
And we're going to have to answer for our deeds. Nobody else will answer for us. So, the type of clothing we wear, we have to reflect upon it. Is it getting closer to Haya? Or is it getting further away from Haya? So this is now, we could become the examples in this. We were given the opportunity to be in a place of deen. We have to set the example. So our dressing, then in the aspect, parda is not just the garments that a person wears. That because a person has worn a cloak and worn a niqab, now that is the total sum of parda. Indeed, that is a very great step forward. Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala put barakat in that and give uh, one the full reward of taking that step forward. Alhamdulillah. It's an excellent thing. But parda is a concept. It's not just the garments. That is the garments to be adopted as part of parda. But parda is a concept of deen. Which means that now a person adopts parda from all those who are not mahrams. Whether it be cousins, whether it be some other relatives who are not mahram to one, then this is the requirement of parda. That a person adopts parda from them, hijab from them. There is no free intermingling. It's not that, well, from those who are outside the house, then there will be parda observed from them. And those who are within the household or the immediate family, then it makes no difference who they may be, whether they are mahram or not. Then this is selective parda. This is selective deen. Allah Ta'ala wants, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanud khuloof is-silmi kaffa. Or you who believe, enter into Islam fully. So we now need to move forward in this. We need to become the role models in this as well. The examples in this also. The least is that we start talking about this, that this is not right. And we need to move forward. We make istighfar on every time that we have infringed something in this regard. Sincerely, from the depths of the heart. Make istighfar. Allah, what I did was wrong. Acknowledge the mistake. Don't try to justify it. Well, you know, in this time you can't, you can't become so fanatic and you can't become so uh, extremist. You must keep a balance. Keep a balance between what? Keep a balance between what? That's the issue. That's the question. That because we got pure milk here, so now how can you have pure milk? There must be a balance. You must put a few drops of urine in there. No, don't try to justify something that is wrong. Acknowledge this is my mistake. And what I am doing is wrong. So therefore I cannot continue in this manner. I have to make sincere toba from this. Make istighfar. Beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. Ask Allah Ta'ala to grant one tawfiq to move forward. Keep doing it. If for some reason you are still slipping, keep doing this. Keep making istighfar with earnestness. Ya Allah, what I did was wrong. Ya Allah, I am guilty of a sin. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, give me the tawfiq to give up this practice. Be remorseful and regretful in the heart. Deep down in the heart. Cry to Allah Ta'ala. Don't take it casually. We are weak. We have many faults. We have many weaknesses. Each one look at their own weaknesses. Don't look at what others are doing. Worry about ourselves. We will advise others. We will give others nasihat. We will, but don't look down upon anybody and don't look for the faults of others. We will advise others, but we look for our own faults. And we'll focus towards our own weaknesses. We will have to answer to Allah Ta'ala for our weaknesses and others will have to answer for theirs. We don't pass judgment on others, but we will advise them. We will make dua for them. But we focus towards ourselves. We look at our faults 
and we reflect on how we are going to answer in front of Allah on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the aspect that we have to become conscious of. That what kind of example we are going to set out there. In all these aspects, what we are going to do, how we are going to conduct ourselves, and in simple day-to-day things. Sometimes we've learned big, big things. And if somebody asks us to give an advice, give some nasihat, give one small little advice to people in the family, we'll be able to tell them many things. We'll be able to give one whole bayan. But we don't greet people around us. And not just those whom we want to greet. Meaning anybody who is permissible to greet. For a girl, all the women, any Muslim woman, and her mahrams, her parents, her... If somebody is married, the husband obviously. So these are the people that are permissible to greet. So any Muslim woman, do we greet? Do we make salam? Or do we be selective? Nabi Salaam said, Alaman arafta wa mallam ta'rif. Whether it's permissible to make salam, whether you know the person or you don't know the person, make salam to the person. Now we have learned so many big, big things. We have become great uh, people who have learned a lot of things. But what have we learned? We haven't learned to make salam, then what have we learned? We haven't learned to be courteous, then what have we learned? We haven't learned to be the one to go forward and help, then what have we learned? If we are not the ones who set the example that it's salah time now, everything must stop, I must go and perform salah, what have we learned? So these are the things that we have to learn. And these are the things we have to practice. And these are the things we have to show the example in. Not just to impress somebody that they'll think I'm good. No, to teach them that this is what deen is all about. This is how we are supposed to live. This is what we are supposed to bring people closer towards. So this is something that we need to become very conscious about. That how we are going to conduct ourselves in these day-to-day things. In these fundamental things. So we don't look at other people's faults. We focus towards ourselves. Look at our faults. What do we have in our life? And make sincere istighfar, toba. Keep begging from Allah Ta'ala. If it seems that tomorrow we're going to slip into the same thing, we still make sincere toba today. Cry today also. And beg Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq, Allah, you save me tomorrow. If we try to walk correctly tomorrow and we still slip again, we'll make toba and istighfar again. But don't delay toba for one day. Don't delay toba for one hour. Don't delay toba for one minute. Make tobas immediately. Istighfar. Keep crying to Allah Ta'ala. Cry from the heart. Cry from the heart. Sometimes the eyes don't cry. Cry from the heart. And feel the regret, the remorse. So we have to now inculcate these things, live with these things, convey it to others. Then, especially those who will be finishing off their course, even those who have passed uh, a year or two years, they will be coming back, inshallah, whatever the case is. And then again we'll go home, while we'll be at home, one very fundamental lesson that we keep forgetting, unfortunately. I'm talking in general terms. These are complaints come from parents, not necessarily of people studying in a madrasa, on general, from time to time. And then these are things which are becoming, unfortunately, values that are being lost. The aspect of appreciation. The Hadith Nabi Salaam says, Malla Meshkurin Nas, those who are not or cannot show appreciation to people, they cannot be truly appreciate, show appreciation to Allah Ta'ala. They cannot be 
grateful to Allah Ta'ala as well. The reality of gratitude will not be possible. So appreciation. There have been numerous people that have been part of the process of us learning deen. Every person who taught us one bit also. Those who have facilitated it. Those who have been a party to making it possible for us to learn. Among them are those who were cleaning the madrasa. That person also played a major role in us being able to learn deen. If that person didn't do her job, we wouldn't have been able to engage in learning deen correctly. In comfort, in ease. Supposing if there was litter all over the place, the place is smelling, the place is dirty, can a person learn there? So whoever was keeping it clean, irrespective of whether the person is employed to do that or not, but that person was doing us a favor. Then the appreciation would be to express our gratitude to those who we can and we should directly be expressing our gratitude to. There are those we can't directly express it to. The appreciation would be by means of dua. Our parents, we got to thank them directly and with utmost humility. And that's where it starts off from. After all, they guided us towards a dini environment. Had it not been for their guidance, where we would have been? So it starts off with our parents to be grateful to them from the depths of our heart. To be very, very humble in front of them. And then to now that we will be free in the holiday, we don't become a means of musibat uh, for them. We be a means of the coolness of their hearts. The coolness of their eyes. Be obliging to help out with the day-to-day things. After all, the madrasa is to prepare us for life. And our life reality is that we have one day to be able to serve our families. That is our real role. Serve our families in a whole way, in a holistic way. In terms of the dini tarbiyat to our families, as a mother, to serve our families in terms of their day-to-day needs, to serve our families in terms of uh, seeing to their necessities, somebody is ill, somebody needs some help, whatever the other things are. So we are being trained for all that. Now the holidays have come. It is a time now to put that into action, to put that into practice. That we are not waiting to be told to do something. We are ready to be helping out. We are ready to be serving. We are finding ways and means of making khidmat. So, these are the things that we will now have to consider very deeply. We have come to learn deen. We have to live deen. We have to show deen. We have to encourage by means of our action. We have to encourage others towards deen. And then this will be what will really give others the right example the akhlaq that we will display, which is a fundamental lesson. We have discussed this on so many occasions. We don't have time to go into details now. But let us be conscious of this akhlaq all the time. This akhlaq is how is going, what is going to attract others towards deen. That this is a girl that has come from a deeny environment. How does she conduct herself? What is her akhlaq? Does she keep fighting around with everybody? Is she also want to always prove she is right? Or she's sitting and wasting time with the phone. 
or what kind of things she's engaging in, let us now show the right akhlaq. How do we talk to people? Do we greet correctly? Do we show appreciation? Are we in the forefront of making peace between people? Because that's a major part of akhlaq. Now there's some between family members, whatever the case is. Are we the ones who will go and make ways of bringing peace? Are we the ones who will create love and unity between people? Or will we say one thing on one side and the other thing on the other side so that how we can try and create some kind of ill feeling between people? Sometimes we won't want to create ill feeling, but in order to just make ourselves uh, popular with one person, we will talk ill of the other. Now, is this something correct? Or is it ghibat? And if it is ghibat, are we doing some good to ourselves or are we harming ourselves terribly? Now, this is all part of akhlaq. That we say things which will bring unity between people. Bring happiness to the hearts of everybody. Unite the hearts of people. Not that we say things, one is to say things which are true. That somebody, for example, made one mistake, some cousin did something or said something which was not supposed to have been said, now we say to the other cousin. One sister said something, we say to the other sister. And as a result, now we spoil both hearts. And we create friction between them. Now, is this something that a Muslimah does? Is this something that Deen teaches us? Is this something that we learnt in Madrasa? Never. What we learnt is to create unity. So now one sister said something by mistake. She said something about whoever, the other sister or the brother or whatever we will go and cover up. We will never go and relate something that will cause friction. Now that is even if it's true, how can we ever think of saying something which was not even the reality? Somebody didn't even say something or didn't even do something or said something which has 20 different possibilities of what was meant. Now to even think of taking the negative possibility and then to pass it on to somebody else, that is beyond imagination especially from somebody who was in a deen environment. So we will be the ones who will bring about peace. We will remove the dissension from family members, from relatives. We will be the ones who will join ties, not become the means of breaking ties. So this is part of akhlaq. And this is what we have come to learn. And this is what is our real examination. And we can mark this paper ourselves. We will know whether we are passing or failing. This is our real examination. So alhamdulillah, whatever efforts were made throughout the year, whatever was made, whatever sacrifices were made, whatever effort was made from the time we had come to the madrasa, the efforts of the muallimas, the efforts of the students, may Allah ta'ala accept it. All those who played a role in whichever way, Allah ta'ala accept their efforts, Allah ta'ala accept everybody's sacrifices, those who made dua, Allah ta'ala accept them as well. Allah Taala bless one and all with the true spirit of deen. One is the knowledge of deen, but the true spirit of deen, which makes a person act according to that deen, act according to that knowledge, and makes a person conscious that I got to live up to the deen of Allah Taala, and I got to pass this deen on to others as well, pass this good akhlaq to others, pass the correct morals and values to others pass the aspect of haya to others also so that others also get closer to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Allah ta'ala keep us with iman, keep us steadfast on deen, keep us steadfast on the 
akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah Ta'ala save us from all the fitna and fasad especially in this time of the year Allah Ta'ala keep us far away from all the venues of fitna and fasad and Allah Ta'ala keep us with the salamati of iman salamati of a'mal Allah Ta'ala bless one and all with his rahmat and barakat wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen inshallah this program will now recommence when the madrasas when the madrasa opens again that will be with the school calendar so inshallah thereafter we will recommence this program may Allah Ta'ala accept whatever was said whatever was discussed Allah Ta'ala make it a means of hidayat for me and for one and all Allah Ta'ala accept us all wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم فتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه جمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين